You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Mall. Hello and welcome into another edition of Three Ma. I am John Kurtz, joined as always by Coleman Beck, former beat writer for the Manhattan Mercury, and Derek Young from K-State Online. Today, doing a little Houston preview. K-State seeing some familiar faces, Donovan Smith, and uh, oh yeah, Dana Holgerson, who was very complimentary of uh, K-State throughout the week. And you know, Dana looks like a guy that I would like to have a drink with. And if I were going to, of course, it would be some 360 vodka, or some Ben Holiday bottled in Bon Bourbon. In fact, I think Dana would love a little 360 vodka to go in those sugar-free Red Bulls that he always has. You know, he used to have the the sugar-free Red Bull, like, cooler uh, refrigerator thing on the sideline. Go great with some 360 vodka. So um, maybe I should just try to haul some down to MHK for uh, for Dana, because I like Dana. Uh, mainly because he loses to K-State a lot. That's that's one part of it. Wow. Anyway, uh, get your 360 vodka or your Ben Holiday bottled in Bon Bourbon. For your tailgate this weekend, it's an early one, but uh, there will be a couple others later throughout the year. So get ready to go. Support our friends at Holiday Distillery who support us here on the pod. Gentlemen, how do we? How are we feeling today? Uh, trap, trap week. Trap week here with Houston ahead of Texas and sandwiched in between a big win against TCU, right? How, uh, how cautious should we be feeling about this right now, D.Y.? I think it's fair to have a little bit of caution because this is probably similar to what happened when they fell to Oklahoma State. Probably a team that they didn't take seriously enough. So you'd like to think that they can learn from that mistake, that they've already been through it and that they can avoid it. And on top of that, Houston has expended a lot just to beat West Virginia and fall very narrowly to Texas. So you wonder how much the Cougars have left in the tank as well. Yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah. Right, well, I was gonna say on both sides, it is fair to look at both sides and be like, I don't know what kind of effort you're gonna get from either because Houston just emptied every tank that they've got, like everything on the field and emotionally and all that against Texas. But K State, I mean, this is the classic sandwich scenario where you're you're between two pretty big games. Yeah, you talk to people down in the state of Texas, and and they knew that Houston would give them an absolute dogfight. That's a game that meant a lot to them. You know, they don't get a chance to play Texas much, and they knew this was the last time and only time probably they were going to get a chance to play them as part of the Big 12 with Texas leaving. And so they were going to throw everything they could at Texas. And what surprised me is they fall behind 21 nothing, and they're, they're able to claw all the way back. They don't, they don't quit. You know, they don't say, all right, we're just completely out-talented. They get that game tied up at 21 and then at 24-all later in the game and have a shot to win it in the fourth quarter. But, yeah, it's it's a letdown spot for Houston and Manhattan this weekend as well just because of how much that game meant to them against Texas. And then also the elements in the forecast on Saturday. D.Y., I owe you an apology because the, it does look like there could be some winter weather at some point on Saturday. Probably not during the game, but it chance of snow Saturday night. So, uh, no, it's just no... I, uh, I told you that the forecast is going to change, that they were expecting cold what? Yeah, and meteorology uh, expert D.Y. had it pegged right because the temperature, the high, has a... Uh, football this morning already on meteorology yeah. and then off the air on geography. Yeah, so, and, uh, and, hey, we already got a geography lesson from D.Y. this morning, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, the high right now is forecasted to be around 42, 43 on Saturday. Cloudy, rainy. I mean, look, Houston's not going to want to play that. No one really wants to play in that, but Houston, Texas schools especially. So that's a, that's a tough spot for them. And, and that's run the ball weather. And they rely on the pass. That's their MO, and we'll get into that in the air. That Texas game was ridiculous. They had 14 rushing yards. <laughs> like, they competed with Texas while rushing for 14 yards. They Dana, after it got to 21 nothing, just said, screw it, just uncork the grenade. We're, just, we're only throwing the ball. That's it. Looks like it should have been 15, 15 rushing yards if the referees um, that are out to get Texas correct. fought the ball correctly, right? Damn it, you're correct, Cole. Uh, you know what? I'll just start referring it to 15 uh, from here on out as a show of solidarity for uh, for my guy Dana Holgerson. 15 rushing yards uh, for Houston, rightfully in that game against Texas. But no, I mean to me that's that's story or headline headline storyline number one, whatever you want to say uh, going into the game this week is 
where will the motivation be at for both of these teams? Because the interesting part to me, D.Y., is, I mean, look, obviously it was a big win to just win as emphatically as you did against TCU. But also, like, I, I think there was some some extra meat on the bone for the players for that game that we've seen, uh, especially the reaction afterwards. I don't think we talked about it on the the pod the other day, but, you know, Cooper Beebe was out here, like, talking a little smack on social media, which was great, uh, with the, the video of Peter Griffin trying to put a frog in a box and just keeps like slamming it against the wall over and over again. Uh, and Siobhan Banks had a little had a little something to say on social media. And then I I heard Cooper Beebe at the the press conference on Tuesday talking about like uh, TCU guys were kind of laughing just because they knew they had been beaten down so bad. Basically, they broke the spirit of the TCU defenders. I, I don't I don't think there's much love lost uh, between those two teams, at least from the K State side of things. No, and the whole laughing and the quitting thing that that does happen. In blowout, so that this is not like some rare exception. It's just typically the other team doesn't like let the world know about it, and and obviously, Kansas State would, wasn't afraid to do so. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I guess I'm not sure what place it comes from between the players. Maybe just the, the the heat of the battle there because you played them twice last year in tight games and also in the Big Twelve Championship. Because I don't really remember like any conflict that would apply extra juice between Kansas State and TCU other than that they played against one another for a championship. Well, I think they don't we feel like the team kind of takes on the or I guess the way to say it would be the the fans and the way that we have perceived the fans. Uh, this is where I'm going to need Cole's help, I'm sure. But well, the way we have perceived TCU fans fits kind of what the vibe of their team has been. Uh, you know, they're the one they knocked out all the quarterbacks last year. They got they feel, feel a little dirty at times. The team does. I'll say it. Yeah. They, they didn't explicitly say it like that, but I, I feel like there's a little bit of an extra edge there because of what the perception of TCU is. Yeah, I mean TCU sucks, man. There, <laughs> so it's uh, it's great. It's great to beat the uh, trust fund you into the ground, and uh, you know, Sonny Dyke sucks. Whole thing about TCU sucks. I'm not well, a Jamie they're, Dixon. They're, they're, like all you have to do is take one look over to the sideline and see Sonny Dykes just whining about something, and you know, just be like, "Ah, oh, guy, I hate these guys." Like and they spent, yeah, they spent ten minutes at one point in the game in the first quarter, uh, bitching to the officials, and uh, I had like six six of them over there at one time talking to him on a drive where he got a questionable pass interference in his favor that extended the drive on a third and long. Yeah, I'm not a not a fan of two TCU athletics in general. I'm not not really a fan of Jamie Dixon either. So no, no, Jimmy, no, Jimmy Dixon sucks. Yeah. yeah, a lot of whiners at TCU. Yeah, yeah. All right, good stuff. Uh, headline number two uh, for this week: What what is K State going to do at quarterback? Um, Chris Kleiman said on Tuesday he hadn't yet discussed the plan uh, at quarterback with with Colin Klein. I don't know if I fully believe that or not, but either way, whether you're taking that at face value, we don't really know what's going on here. It seems very unsustainable to do the rotate every series sort of deal at quarterback moving forward. Do you have any intel or any uh, inkling here as to what what might be the answer on on Saturday, D.Y.? Intel, no, <laughs> to be quite honest. Inkling, yes. I, I think it, it probably is a plan that reflects the one we saw against Texas Tech in TC, TCU. Now, I I agree. I don't think it's a stable. I think they're going to have to pick one and ride them um, at some point. I don't know when that point comes, but I think it would be a mistake, too, to not play both against Houston and go in with a similar plan since it worked with such high-flying colors. Last week against TCU, I would say you have Will Howard, you have Avery Johnson. And when I say plan, last week the plan wasn't necessarily to alternate every series. It was... Will Howard to get the first drive and Avery Johnson to get the second, and then they'll figure the rest out in terms of game flow, um, feel the, what the vibe is at, at that moment and what's working and what isn't. So I would imagine that's the formula they work with against Houston. And hopefully, I say hopefully, for someone else, it's for the, for the guy that doesn't necessarily get the job. This is not hopefully. But the Houston game kind of gives us a peek into the right direction peek into the direction of where they should go a quarterback or, or maybe they they find their own direction of where to go a quarterback. Do you want to, you know, flat out two quarterback alternating system at Texas 
I just don't know that that works in what would should be a tight game. So the the thing that I go back and forth on, D.Y., like, like you said during the game, they almost made it harder on themselves against TCU because both played so well. Like there really didn't feel like much of a difference when either one oh. was out on the field. Nobody and, lost the job. Yeah. yeah. So, so do you almost hope that one outplays the other when they're on the field on Saturday to make it an easier decision? I mean, you don't want either one to fail, right? Like yeah, yeah. you want to have sustained success, but you need something to give you like a pulse on where you should go. Yeah, here, here's the thing. What they're going to have to do, I, and I know why they did it. They they had a plan where Will Howard did the first drive and Avery Johnson did the second drive. But if Will Howard scores on the first drive, I maybe don't make a move there, right? you got to let someone take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and ironically because you play Texas in two weeks. But I think that's what you got to do. I can't. Like I, I understand wanting to stick to a plan, but if a court one guy gets a touchdown, you know, I try to ride that wave and, and see where it gets you. What what is the best case scenario? Let me ask you that question, Cole. What would what would to you be the because this was something I was thinking about? Like what do we what do we really truly hope here happens at quarterback? Going to Austin, best case scenario with the QBs. Gosh, I I, I struggle with this so much because I get like, I think, obviously, with Avery Johnson, the ceiling of this team is the highest. But I also recognize there could be some lows and some mistakes that also could occur. And I get a little hesitant on going absolutely 100% full-time to a true freshman quarterback, albeit he's incredibly mature. Uh, he's probably more ready than most true freshmen in America to play the position and demand that. But, like, I think about going to Texas and what will potentially be a huge game, and that being Avery Johnson's first start and getting the majority of the snaps. I, I don't know. Like that, that makes me a little nervous at the same time. Will Howard's made some mistakes too as a veteran quarterback that you maybe wouldn't expect. And he wouldn't have expected to make this year. So uh, Curry Sexton said this week on the, the three mall bonus edition pod that we do that he thinks Avery Johnson is probably the best fit going forward for this football team as the, the main guy at quarterback and look, Curry knows what he's talking about. So I'm going to kind of cheat on this one, John, and I think I'll say what uh, Curry said, and I, I mean, maybe I think Avery Johnson probably is the most ideal, but I, I do really, really struggle with it. Um, you know, there's it's a tough, tough situation. I struggle with it too. You know, best case scenario would be that you get the best version of Will Howard because that gives you the best opportunity to win the Big 12 again, I think, is Will Howard returning to his amazing form that you saw a year ago. So I think ideally that's probably the best case scenario. My thing is I don't necessarily trust that we're going to get that at this point. So because of that, then you start to steer maybe towards Avery Johnson a little bit more. I can get on board with that, D. What If you could tell me Will Howard and give a, you know, a six-game stretch of what he did last year, then I, I would say Will Howard. That, yeah, that's the ideal scenario. The only ca- caveat there is you know, did that success derive from the different looks that they were getting? It's easy to read coverage when everybody sucked into you because they have to worry about Deuce Vaughn. Now he's got to, he's getting more coverage looks because there's not someone to cheat up on. Um, Avery Johnson's probably the one getting the similar looks to what the Kent State offense had last year just because you do have to um, respect the run game a little bit more when he's in the game. Yeah, I guess one other thing I would submit is like maybe. Maybe the emergence of Jace Brown will help Will Howard a little bit if that's, you know, if he's going to continue to play like he did last week, getting another weapon potentially. But I, I think the analysis of if we get last year, last six games of the season, Will from last year, then take that. Otherwise, Avery, I think that's that's probably where I'm at. And, and I, again, I am hesitant to think, hesitant to think that you're going to get that Will Howard again. But, hey, if he goes out and does it against Houston – then fine. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens in Austin. I just, yeah, it's very tricky, very convoluted, and it was really interesting. I would highly recommend people go listen to the, the Curry Sexton pod if you haven't. It was very interesting to hear his take on all of that. We've got one more headline of the week. What's up, D.Y.? I said, I always said because it does have something we didn't touch on. It does have an overarching impact on the rest of the locker room because quarterback is one voice. Having two voices or two guys – a lack of cohesion, chemistry that does play a role. And if the Curry Sexton pod's good enough for John Kurtz to listen to, then you guys want to listen to it, all right? So, 
because because uh, John John doesn't listen to all my stuff. So I don't know why I'm the one that takes the heat for that because I will actually occasionally listen to it. Occasionally, I'm a compliment. compliment. Yeah, well, well that's true. Did <laughs> Dy listen to it? That's that's Dy. There's no way Dy listened to it. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I'll I'll start going after Dy on that. What BS that is. So I don't, I don't listen to podcasts. I don't read outlines. Like, wow. Yeah. There's no guy that doesn't do his homework. Yeah. <laughs> great teammate. Great teammate there. Uh, Homefield Apparel. Great teammate of ours. Before we get to uh, headline number three, I'm wearing the uh, the Homefield Apparel hoodie right now. That is very very comfy. Dy is wearing his Ole Miss. Home Field Apparel hoodie. Cole is wearing his uh, Home Field Apparel hoodie. So we have all uh, coordinated unknowingly here today. They've got great comfortable stuff with great old school K-State logos. A ton of different options. Homefieldapparel.com is where you find it. And you can even get 15% off your first order using promo code 3MA23. So uh, we're hooking you up here at 3MA to go check out everything Home Field Apparel has to offer, including 100 plus other teams if you are interested in dipping your toe into other waters as well. It's totally okay. We won't tell anybody. Promise. Fremont 23, 15% off. Homefieldapparel.com. Go support those who support our pod. We're back with the final headline next. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Whoever is going to play quarterback uh, does have to worry about the injury situation with the receiving core slash tight ends. Uh, ben Sinnott, according to Chris Kleiman, had not practiced on Monday. I guess at the time of his press conference, they'd really only had one practice, but he had not been out there and was was questionable. Um, Austin Romaine on defense had practiced some, but also questionable. But then we heard that RJ Garcia and Keegan Johnson uh, are questionable as well. So how worried should we be about these specific injury situations, D.Y.? Mm, I'm not too concerned. I think Austin Romain comes back. I think Ben Sennett will be back. I think they're just going to be cautious with him because it's an ankle where you do can get significantly better by just, you know, taking a few days off. So I think that's what you're seeing there. On the receiver front, sounds like R.J. Garcia will be ready. I think there's a chance to miss Keegan Johnson this game. I think there's a chance, but – and this is not a shot at him, but it's just not a guy you're getting a lot of production from anyways. Well, just rest. Yeah. Is, is it the same injury? Like, what's what's going I, on? I here? don't know, but, I mean, he's hop. It's funny because he goes into each game thinking I've, they got to figure it out from a health standpoint. But I feel, it feels like he's hobbled off the field at some point in, like, three of the last four games. Yeah, just, just rest him this week and hope a week off can uh, get him back to what we thought. He would be, I guess. Uh, yeah, and I don't know because I know another part of the whole thing to me that's been told is he's been not able to practice so much that it's just hard to get back into the swing of things yeah. and, and have that chemistry with the quarterback too. R- rest him this week, and and plus you're not going to be throwing the ball a lot again in this weather in all likelihood unless the forecast changes and improves. And I mean, that's the one thing that's a downside. Yeah, it's great that K-State can run the heck out of the football. Houston's not elite at stopping the run by any means, so it should be you know relatively smooth sailing for this K-State offense in this game. But you also need to work on that passing warm stop, right? And you're not going to have the opportunity to do that in all likelihood much with this this weather if it holds. So uh, that's an unfortunate part. I'd like to see Avery Johnson get to work more in the passing game as well, heading into a monstrous game in Austin next week. But uh, or, or you're getting the opportunity to sit on the ball and not really show anything to Texas. And that's true. That's true. And another 300-yard rushing game this weekend, maybe. So I wouldn't shock me. Well, I was even thinking the same thing, Cole, that you suggested with Keegan Johnson with like Sinan and Romaine. I don't, do you need to push him this week? I, I, I D.Y. got on me for suggesting uh, that last earlier this week. If they can go, they go. You you can't do that because you're also signaling to your team. You're not taking these guys seriously. It used to be West Virginia. Came close to Texas by seven. If you're going to go into this game and treat them like a sister of the poor, they'll probably beat you. And Austin Romaine is a guy specifically that just needs more and more reps, right? He's a true freshman, and uh, I would I would put him on the field. Uh, if he can go, Ben Sennett, like if Ben Sennett's like 75, 80%, I might rest him. Uh, I think you have a guy in Garrett Oakley that you feel okay about as a redshirt freshman that you're high on. So 
I don't know. Like, I think you could maybe get away with resting Senate, but uh, if I don't, I don't, because you you have a pretty meager passing game to begin with. All right. Very well. That's probably true. I mean, they're probably going to be doing a lot of short, simple passes uh, if uh, if it's rainy, like they say. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, I would, Will Howard probably would be on board with Ben Sennett playing. I would I would have to imagine. That, that's that's a valid point, John. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. I, I just don't think you can get away with taking your best passing weapon on an average passing team. I think they probably still could get away with it. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what they do. I think they probably would treat it more like what you are suggesting, Derek. I uh, I would agree with that. Ball coach. What's that? That's just me. I'm the ball coach here. You're the ball coach. Okay. Well, you seem to be an expert. Yeah. In, He's the uh, ball coach, the geographer, and uh, the meteorology guy. So yeah, there's a lot going on with the hats. Man, many hats. Man, many hats. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, make sure to check out in the feed uh, later on this week our, our player interview this week, which is going to be with Desmond Purnell, who has been playing some phenomenal football in the K-State linebacking core, had a, an incredible interception uh, last week, which was very fun to see. So excited to get a chance to uh, to chat with him. But uh, now it's it's time for Cole to take over with a little extended preview here on uh, the Houston Cougars. You know, I should mention, by the way, too, make sure and get signed up for our Patreon page, patreon.com slash 3 you can get access to a Q&A show that we're doing this week, so you can get some questions into us specifically to have answered. We'll get that up. You get access to our Discord server where, where you will get uh, super secret inside info from Cole. Just get to chat with us and get to see Brody's picks uh, for the game. So uh, easy way to support us, just five bucks a month, patreon.com slash 3 in order to get access to that. Uh, why are you smiling, Cole? Well, I just... Uh inside info for me i mean i guess i guess we do have i, I do have some on occasion right but uh and we got some questions that are of interesting topics that have been submitted so far for that patreon q oh, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't been keeping track of it okay i was gonna i will pull those together for us and uh we will answer them and dy will uh make the bold prediction of patrick and Gongbud to kansas state after his official visit this weekend so oh is that uh, is that an official prediction, D.Y., that happened? I just said it for him. I did not. Kansas State or Duke? Mm. So you're saying there's, there's a lot of, Yeah, there's a lot of Kentucky and UConn stuff out there, too. Um, I'm not getting that. I think it's Kansas State or Duke. Yeah, well, two blue bloods going head-to-head. Be interesting. Duke. I'll, I'll use this opportunity to also slide in. Two football commitments uh, in the past weekend as well. Linebacker Boom Morris and safety Callen Barta from Topeka Seaman. Another is that Centennial League as well? Yeah. It is Centennial League. Yep. Yeah. We're just packing this roster with Centennial League. Well, also. Least, it was Centennial League. Did Seaman League? I know Shawnee Heights left. I don't. It, it, there's been conference realignment. Okay, I can't keep. I can't keep uh, track of it. There's been some conference realignment there, so I know they might actually not be anymore. John John covers FBS conference for realignment, but stops at doing it for K. Yeah, why don't you show some class and hit the Kesha Kansas State High School Activities Association YouTube show for realignment? Because I believe the Mid East League has also reformed. John, we're losing all the history. It's gone. The Mid East League is gone. I think it goes to like it's going to like a twelve team league now. Like they're I like that. Like Manhattan Junction City have to play like Dodge City every year now. Well, they kind of always did because it was hard to get that game at the beginning of the year like a non-league game the kansas city schools didn't want to play him very much anyway it was the whole thing see i know more about high school football than most cole so i do not i do not deserve this why i'd like a youtube which is why we'd like a youtube show from you on realignment that's going on so you know the dollars are just getting too big in high school athletics now so what about what about the eastern kansas league like is the eastern kansas league still uh intact and those are the ek Anderla. Man, I like it. Our producer just said the Lawrence schools are now in the West. Uh, yeah. Where is history going in this beautiful sport? Anyways. Well, I love, I love that because I did have I had a Kansas friend of mine the other day that was, was talking about uh, Boganowski and was like, you know, oh, yeah, these, you know, K-State missing out on a Western Kansas guy. And I was like, hold up. What did we just call Junction City Western Kansas? Like this attitude from Florence, you know these like, these these Central this Western Kansas. I was like, look on a map where Junction City is and tell me that that's Western Kansas. 
these these Centennial League kids that don't come to Kansas State, they typically don't work out. There was an Emporia kid that went to Oklahoma State at corner about 10 years ago. He never did anything. It's a lesson to be learned for anybody that leaves the Centennial League to not play at Kansas State. So, hint, hint still got six, eight weeks to make a change there. So It was uh, Morrow, right? Jarrell? Morrow, that's right. That's right. Maybe the problem there is Emporia because Hayden Pauls hasn't done anything at Iowa. Oh, there's another one. So Emporia is fine with me. I've got no problem with Emporia. All right, look, this is the most high school. uh, We're we're putting in. uh, We're gonna have Keisha retweeting this pod, man. So, (laughs) hey, uh, on to on to Houston. Um, hang on. Was I is did did Nebraska back off of Kalen Barta because they got it? No, that well, was that's, that's what Nebraska fans are trying to tell me on uh, on the internet. No, no, that, that, that wasn't the case. I mean, every team's going to say that, you know, especially Nebraska, because probably to relieve themselves of the embarrassment there. But uh, that was a real flip. Kansas State flipped. Well, it wouldn't be embarrassing to lose somebody to the Big 12 champs and somebody that's actually won multiple conference championships that they haven't done once in the last 20 years, right? So, I agree. I'm, I'm going from the... Yeah, no, I know. Nebraska fans live in a fantasy land of no reality there so yeah yeah any any other recruiting questions john i'm ready <laughs> mm, i don't know anything about the kid that that flipped from uh what was it sam houston utsa oh my gosh sam houston is owen seven john owen seven football team we took a kid from utsa i will say but i was like i know they didn't take someone from dana so i you know anyway i yeah roadrunner yeah utsa commitment he also um, Oklahoma State tried to flip him last minute as well. Yeah, I think he's going to be a guy that blo- like gets multiple offers from Power Fives, right? Do you what? Yeah, uh, I'm going to say just stop now, but he, the, he's basically considered like Austin Rooming 2.0. Yeah, that's right. I don't doubt any linebackers or any players these guys bring in now, man. They they seem to identify talent even if they don't have a bunch of Power Fives. I trust trust the staff. Okay. Yeah, cool. I mean, yeah. Look, they've been they've been pretty good evaluators, but I just didn't expect that strong of a ringing endorsement there from Cole. But that's hey, right. I appreciate cool. it. I appreciate it. Well, you've successfully pushed us uh, into a break instead of actually able <laughs> to go right into uh, the Houston thing here. So I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the the high school football minute on <laughs> on Dreamall. But we've got to talk about. I mean, this is what I tell you what this is what we've all been waiting for. NBA fans, do I have your attention now? Listeners of Three Law, NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter basketball is more fun when you're in on the action download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use code kcsn new customers can get 200 dollars in bonus bets instantly for betting just five dollars only on DraftKings sportsbook with code kcsn that's code kcsn the crown is yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction ontario I hate to do it to you, man. It's been a minute. Hope you guys are doing okay. But it doesn't work in Ontario. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Oddly specific. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball for terms and eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We're back in just a moment. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, now, Cole, now, what can you tell me about Houston Cougars? I know that they have Donovan Smith, who was at Texas Tech at quarterback. I actually happen to like him. Uh, And they've got Matthew Golden, who's a really uh, stud receiver that was making some plays against Texas. But that's that's yeah. where my knowledge ends. So please take it from there. Uh, Matthew Golden, talented sophomore, third on the team with 383 yards receiving, six touchdowns. He had nearly 600 yards receiving as a freshman last year. He was a top 200 national recruit in the 2022 class. In the 2023 class, they brought in a freshman wide receiver that also was a top 250 national recruit, uh, and then brought in a top 300 national recruited receiver. So they're bringing in some talent. At wide receiver, it's a team that's going to rely heavily on the pass offensively. Donovan Smith, you mentioned it, John. He's having actually a really nice year. He's thrown for nearly 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, just four interceptions, and he's completing 67% of his passes. They're going to try to air the ball out. That's going to be their MO. You mentioned it earlier. I mean, they only ran for 14 yards against Texas last week. On the season, they only have 818 rushing yards as a team, 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, They threw for 378 yards on a 70% completion percentage last week against Texas, averaged 8.2 yards per pass. Over their last four games, they're 115 of 157 passing, a 73% completion percentage, 8.4 yards per pass, 13 touchdowns to just one interception. They're 35th nationally in pass efficiency offense, but over the last four games, they've been top 10 nationally in pass efficiency. They're a top 25 team in completion percentage. So they've been really solid via the pass, um, some talented receivers, uh, a couple other guys in addition to Golden that are over 400 yards. Their leading receiver has over 600 yards, actually. He was a former transfer from West Virginia. And then Joseph Manjack, who's second on the team in receiving yards, uh, started his career at USC. Really talented left tackle in Patrick Paul. He's thought to be a late first, maybe second round pick. Pro football focus, uh, their grades can be... uh, out of whack sometimes, but they did grade him last season as the country's second best pass blocker among all tackles in 2022. It's an offense overall that is 22nd nationally in ESPN's SP Plus rankings. Brian Freemall and his F Plus rankings, which combines his FEI with the ESPN SP Plus, has their offense 26 nationally overall in the country. So, really solid offense. In fact, John, if you compare it to how they stack up to other K State or offenses K State's went up against, it's one of the best. Um, Troy was 83rd. Oklahoma State was 29th in the SP+. Mizzou was 18th. TCU 24th. Texas Tech 27th. UCF 21st. So really, it's right there with UCF and Missouri as the best offense that K-State will go up against. But again, 
the weather is going to dictate part of how this game goes uh, because you look at it and, you know, they rely so heavily on the pass. Are they going to be able to air it out if it's cold, windy, rainy? I don't know yet. We'll see what the weather and if it changes at all. I, I will be honest. I don't think much of their defense, but I don't have anything to really back that up other than just watching them a, a handful of times this year. And like Dana, you know, fairly or unfairly, has the reputation of being the offensive guy, kind of the, the, that Texas Tech mold, right? And he's got some Texas Tech in his background. Not playing much defense, but pretty good offensive guy. So where where's the defense at? Yeah, you kind of you hit it on the head. I mean, it's a Houston defense at 94th nationally in ESPN's SP+. Ryan Fremont's F-plus rankings have their defense ranked 99th. They also were ranked 99th defensively last year in the F-plus. So they have not been a good defensive team over the last couple of years. In 2021, they actually had a solid defense, but they have regressed significantly over the last couple of years. I will say they held Texas to 3.8 yards per carry, 37 rushes for 141 yeah. yards. That's pretty darn impressive considering Jonathan Brooks, Baxter, uh, the guys that Texas has and how they can run the heck out of the football. The pr- week prior, they held West Virginia to 3.5 yards per carry. So the run defense has gotten a little bit better. Overall on the season, they're allowing 4.3 yards per carry. That ranks 77th nationally. Uh, again, in case they just ran all over TCU and TCU was given up three and a half yards per carry. Texas Tech was around 3.6 and they ran all over them too. Houston's at 4.3 yards per rush. So I think you should be able to run the ball on them. Um, 88th in pass efficiency defense, 98th in sack percentage at 4.96%. So they struggle to get after the quarterback. 5.8 yards per play allowed, ranks 90th in the country. 12.6 yards com- per completion, ranks 90th in the country and 2.60 points per drive allowed, ranks 101st nationally. So not a great defense by any means. So what you're saying is Ed Oliver is not walking through that door. That would be correct. It's not the uh, 2015 Houston Cougars led by Tom Herman. Blanked on the name for a second. <laughs> it's like when they- don't think that was that, that much of it. Did they win the Peach Bowl that year or did they? They won. They beat Florida State uh, and I lost yeah, yeah. I lost money on it. Yeah, so recall listening to that radio on a drive to Bartlesville, Oklahoma that weekend. I'm glad you're uh, on top of the important things here. Remembering, uh, remembering why it is that, uh, that you remember that game. Ready for some quick hitters? Sure. Uh, Over under rest of the season. Over under is at one and a half games started for Avery Johnson. The rest of the season, putting the over under at one and a half games started for Avery Johnson. Uh, Derek looks like he's doing some important calculations. So, Cole, we're going to start with you. I'm going to have him over. He's already started one at wide receiver. It's so, the rest, uh, of the se- rest of the season, though. Yeah, I'm aware. Uh, but but it, it counts if he starts anywhere, right? Yeah, but the rest of the season. So, does he get two the rest of the season? Not yes, so I, I, already. Yes, I think Cole is, Cole, is suge- Cole is suggesting that K-State will start him at receiver again and run the same play that they ran on the first play against TCU that worked for about four yards. Um, and damn it, I was holding the coffin. Uh, so, been battling something, got this Z-Pack here, so uh, might be why I broke out in hives earlier. Uh, anyways, so, uh, yeah, I think there's a chance he starts a wide receiver again. I'm going to say the over. Uh, I also think he starts a quarterback at least once this year. I think he starts a quarterback twice. Hell with it. Going over. John, you go. I'll go after you. It's a hard one. This is why, you know, that's why I set the line there because I was struggling with it when I thought about it. If you would have given me 0.5, I would have said, yeah, he'll probably start a game. Uh, I'm going to lean yes. I'm going to lean yes because I just. I've seen enough of a sample size this year with with Will Howard kind of struggling, uh, particularly to take care of the ball, that I think that would be the... If that continues to happen, then it's like, hey, if Avery's going to have some freshman mistakes that put you in a tough spot, if you're going to get that either way, you play the guy with the higher upside. So anyway, I'll, I'll say he does start more than one and a half, yes. I'll say under because I think it's basically down to the last three games because I... Look, I think Will starting against Houston and... I don't, I don't expect a whole lot of resistance from the Cougar defense, so then he'll probably start against Texas, and that only leaves you with three more games on the skid. Under. Fair enough, actually. That's a that's a pretty good analysis. I feel like Derek did a better job with that one than we did, Cole. Well, we, I'm got the Big 12 championship in the bowl game, too. That I'm I thought we were just doing regular season. If he had in that, 
Yeah, rest of the season, yeah, still counts. Yeah, that's right. Under, yeah, I'll, I'll play okay. it safe. Okay. okay, final answer. Uh, true or false, Jace Brown winds up as the second leading wide receiver on this team. So not the second leading receiver overall, but the second leading wide receiver on the team. He is currently 68 yards shy of being in that spot right now already. So will he wind up being uh, behind only Phillip Brooks among receivers and receiving yards this year? Yes. Yes, true. Um, I don't think he's going to get any competition from like anyone but Jaden Jackson from a receiver standpoint. I'm just saying, I mean, the other guys are hurt right now. So, you know, you're worried about RJ Garcia and Keegan Johnson even playing. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Jace Brown. Especially since Avery throws it to him 90% of the time. So... They they do they do have a connection. They do have a connection. Who is the midseason defensive MVP of this team? Midseason defensive MVP of this team. I feel like we need to go to Derek for that one first. Yeah. My I'll say what my brain immediately went to was Desmond Purnell. Mm, so I figured, yeah, I figured that might be the the answer. I'm trying to hype up our our guests this week. Yeah, this yeah. week's player spotlight by by Riverbank Brewing. Uh, man, that's a, that's a good one. That's I would say a guy catching up would be VJ Payne, but he had such a rough start. I'll go with Purnell. I thought you might go with Jay Clifton moving forward because uh, he could be a valuable piece just because of his ability to man all the linebacker spots, which you've hit on before. How about I go with this? I, look, I could go with Kobe Savage too. I think he's been a, a really nice piece, but I'll go with Jacob Parrish. I just continue to think that Jacob oh. Parrish... I, I continue to believe that Jacob Parrish is a special cover corner and an all-league type cover corner in this league. And um, I, I think he is their most valuable corner, their best corner, and uh, just really respect what he can do out on the football field. I just, for the, the leadership that Kobe Savage brings to the table and the energy and intensity that he was bringing even when other guys weren't like at Oklahoma State. I I really appreciate him. I have a soft spot for him because of that. So I did want to bring his name up. I'm I'm glad you you did, Cole. But I think the point here with asking the question is you could come up with a lot of different guys. Like the defense is playing pretty well right now and having a pretty solid year, and it's not like being dominated by a guy or two. Where the last couple of years, it's been a, a much easier question to to answer who your defensive MVP would be. Uh, where does Dana Holgerson rank on your list of Big 12 coaches you'd like to have a beer with? Because he's in my top three. I will say that. Dana Holgerson in my top three. Coaches in the Big 12 you'd like to have a beer with. Cole, I know your number one is going to be Sonny Dykes, but after that, uh, who else would you have on that list? Uh, yeah, I'd have I'd have Dana number one. Um, I'm trying to think through. I don't know if I'd really like you know, that. One of these answers is almost inappropriate, though. Yeah. That's correct. I, I do have a very inappropriate answer, but I'm not going to go down that road because oh, it, it would be a, guys. It would, I mean, it would be accusatory. It would be accusatory in a sense. And I love that you guys read my mind and know where I might go well, I with would, it. Um, I, I was going through the team, so I was like, oh, I was going to the Texas schools, and then I came to a certain Texas coach. Oh, you came to it. Oh, see, I was thinking something different. No, I, was, I was thinking of a certain OU coach. Well, mine was Steve Sarkeesian because he's... Oh, man. See, I didn't even think about that. That's not funny, D.Y. That's However... A trap uh, trap yeah. question from John. Trap I was, question. I was, I was not nice. trying to do this, you guys. <laughs> and yet, I was thinking of an Oklahoma head coach that... I don't know. Oh, I'll just... I won't say anything there. You guys are talking this too seriously. I don't even drink, but uh, you know the whole the point of the question is like, who's a guy that you would like to hang out Dana. with for a little? While? Dana is number one. Dana or Mike Gundy? Those are the two that really come to mind, right? No, I don't know about Gundy. Um, to me, it was it was Dana uh, or my my top. Three, I came. I like Dave Aranda. I want to learn like the Zen from him. Like, how is he so chill all the time? I don't yeah, to... that's why. That's boring. I don't want to have an intelligent conversation when I'm drinking. Yeah. Okay. I also thought Gus Malzahn would have some good stories about the SEC. Okay. All right. Just Boy, I got some eye rolls there. Nobody nobody is liking that question. Fine. Fine. Uh, more likely for K-State to land. Now, now I am going to put Derek on the spot here. More likely for K-State to land. Uh, biggest football target right now, Grant Bricks, or biggest basketball target right now, Patrick Ngongba? Ngongba, because... 
I felt like they've been, you know, at at the top, close to the top for the duration of that recruitment. They can certainly win it with a, a fantastic official visit, which I'm sure will happen this weekend. And oh, the bricks, there's just a lot of mystery rooted in that one to really have a feel one way or the other. Yeah, it's a big weekend. Big weekend having big Pat on campus. Let's close this one out. You see Pat, say hi. Welcome to K State. Yeah, for real. They gotta, they gotta fans as much as you can do that. Like hype up the Patrick and Gongbo visit this weekend for sure. Mm, and get to catsnil.com. Go to catsnil.com and uh, help out Wildcat NIL and our friends over there. Yes, it's pretty important to the staff. Also, a good drop in there. You're welcome. Let my block of the week did not go well for us. It's been a couple of weeks since we did it, but I got my last week on the off week. Well, I'm not sure that we believe that, and there's no official record of that, Derek. I'm sorry. Um, on the case, we, sure. uh, okay. Well, we all went over. Uh, Dy took took UMass uh, to cover against Penn State. They lost by 60. Um, Cole got hit with a, a fairly bad beat. He had Oregon plus two and a half. They they lost by three in that classic game of Washington. Um, and I believe I leaned into the uh, Cincinnati-Iowa State line because it seems so weird that Cincy would be the favorite there and Iowa State uh, just demolished them. So, so I'm 4-2, Cole's 2-4, and four, DY 1-5. and five. Who wants to go first with their lead pie block of the week? I'm not holding the KU helmet because I am backing them. I am fading the Jayhawks this week. Oklahoma minus 10. Wow. No. Okay. Right. Did you watch Oklahoma last week or... Yeah, that they're they, they're going to wake up for this one. Uh, Ku is I I don't know what they are right now. To be honest, that doesn't seem like a very healthy situation. But they got going. You think the Sooners were looking ahead to the trip to Lawrence? Dy when they played UCF? Uh, not looking ahead, probably looking back somehow for two weeks before that. Uh, they really enjoyed their Texas win, and I don't know that they have the discipline to go undefeated on their entire schedule. I think last week was a indicator of that, but I think that at least woke them up to where they blast Kansas, probably similarly to what they did to Iowa State. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I am glad that you picked a Power 5 matchup and not a uh, teams that just started playing football in the last 20 years. I consider Georgia Southern, so. <laughs> of course you did. Uh, uh, at least you picked a game that will be on television. Uh, I am going to take Kentucky plus 3.5 at home against Tennessee. Kentucky coming off a bye. Tennessee coming off a tough game at Alabama. Uh, did not have a bye. The Wildcats on their home turf at Kroger Field. Tough place to play, um, even though they just lost to Missouri there by 17. Uh, I'll take the uh, the Wildcats and uh, Mark Stoops to knock off the Volunteers. It's actually, that's that's a pretty good pick. I can Thank you, John. I appreciate that. That's that's great that you said that. Appreciate it. That makes, that makes sense. Tennessee is, Tennessee is quite mid. Tennessee yeah. is quite mid. Yeah. Um, I had a couple that I was going back and forth between. I think I, I kind of am a little leery of doing this big 12 games. I might be a little too close to it, but we have two wins the entire year from new big 12 schools against the old guard. West Virginia is getting seven points at UCF. So like the whole trend this year has been these newbies don't beat anybody that's been around in the big 12. West Virginia is certainly flawed. And I do think that their season is starting to come apart a little bit here, but you're giving me seven points to go to UCF, like with what we've seen out of them so far this year, I get that John Rice Plumley makes them a little better, but I, I'll take West Virginia uh, plus plus the seven there. Country roads, country roads indeed. K State, uh, I'm taking K State 38 to 24 over Houston. I'll t- I'll say a backdoor cover from Houston on this one. Um, we question kind of the motivation factor for both teams and where their respective seasons are at uh, heading into this week. I think K-State will be fine, take care of business. Uh, Houston gets a score late to make it a backdoor cover with the line at what we've seen like 17, 17 and a half here lately. I I think it could be close for a quarter or two, uh, but Kansas State pulls away in the second half, 41-24. I think the Cougars are going to score a bit. Yeah, I've got K-State 34 to 17. Uh Interesting thing to note, guys, K-State has, in their five wins, they've won by an average margin of 28-plus points per game. 
typically when they win, they blow teams out. Every win has been by double digits. DY, I think you've alluded to this before as well. I mean, their closest win is UCF by 13, which was really a 20-point win. I mean, it was Gus Malzahn calling a timeout at the end. So I think K-State wins this game by 17, 21 points. I'll take them 34 to 17 in a game where they just kind of go about business-like performance, grind out the clock, own the time of possession, and run the heck out of the football once again. So really all you need is a business-like performance this week. Business-like performance, just get to Austin and uh, take care of and, business there. And guys, if they do it, they're 4-1 and one in the league, and I think every single one of us had them going to Texas at 4-1 and one in league play in the preseason when we did our preview pot. Yeah. They're where we thought they'd be other than the Missouri game. And yeah. we didn't expect them to lose at Oklahoma State. I think we all thought they'd lose at Tech, but it flipped. All right, well, who cares? I mean, the Missouri game, who cares? It's uh, moving on and uh, being a four-one, four-and-one spot in the league, going to a huge game of Texas. That's what matters. I I think the the, the only thing that maybe a, a bold prediction, so to so to speak, here is that you could walk away from this game just because Houston can score a little bit. I can see the average fan being concerned about the Kansas State defense. They shouldn't after this game just because Texas is next on the schedule. Yeah. Donovan Smith threw for three sixty against K State last year and completed seventy percent in uh, Manhattan. Yeah. Did he really? I mean, it was 360? Yeah, they threw it a lot, though, because uh, they were coming from behind. And uh, The yards per attempt. Passed, might yeah. He threw it 50-plus times, from what I recall. It was 360 yards through the air, and then that was really his last game for Tech. Uh, he, he threw the ball eight times the last seven games of the season. Something we probably didn't point out. doesn't really, I don't think it has much bearing because Houston doesn't run the ball much, but Kansas State's faced I think five of the top nine rushers in the country and six of the top 26. He still has a top 20 run defense. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Shout out to Fan, right? I saw Fan put that in our, our group chat. Um, give you a shout out. You should all be following him on uh, on Twitter. He's got great nuggets like that, but it, it is good stuff. Even though, Cole, your, your boy said he doesn't have a run D. I was going to say, Ian Boyd, my guy, who uh, third straight, I think, week that I've shouted him out, said K-State can't defend the run. He said that about four weeks ago when K-State was top three in the country in yards per carry. He also out. he also said they would have been destroyed by Texas Tech and Baron Morton not got injured, too. So. Scary smart. <laughs> well, before Cole takes out anybody else, uh, let's, let's go ahead and get on out of here. Thank you to uh, our friends. At Holiday Distillery, stock up on your 360 vodka, your Ben Holiday bottled in bond bourbon. Uh, DraftKings, appreciate the support of DraftKings. Home Field Apparel, giving us these great hoodies that we are wearing. 3 Mod 23 for 15% off your first order. Appreciate the work of Nick Springer behind the scenes. For Derek Young and Cole Manbeck, I am John Kurtz. Thanks for listening to another edition of 3 Mod. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.